Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Christmas is almost here, but best ball Christmas is officially here today. We are in to the playoffs you spent more hours than you care to admit. Don't tell your spouse the amount of hours you spent drafting best ball teams or thinking about best ball drafts or consuming best ball content. And it all led to this, the teams that we advanced, the players that we're excited about. Can we win these millions and millions of dollars up for grabs? That's what we're going to figure out here today on Spike Week in the first week of the best ball playoffs, the first day of the best ball playoffs. Let's do it. Can I just say that we have the best intro song in the biz? I agree. I love it. It's quick and to the point. It's on brand. It gets me fired up. Gets the juices flowing, as they as they say. And uh, perfect for today. I guess I not. I, maybe I need the opposite today because I'm all jacked up looking at all my crappy best ball teams that have uh, made made the playoffs. I'm sure everybody else is very, very excited. Shout out to DraftKings. It's already moving teams over. Yeah. Uh, your teams are populating on DraftKings. Underdog will be following shortly. If you're in the DraftKings Millie, we'll just get this part right out of the way. There were a certain amount of wildcard teams. So, you know, the uh, it, it's somewhere around 1,980 points, give, give or take. If you scored that many points on a team that did not finish in the top two, you still probably got that team through. So check for that. Uh, just tons of excitement, man. I, I, I am a little bit of, you know, uh, 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 cynical, I guess in, in my older age, but when it comes to this specific week, mainly these few days, there's something about that, like everything we put on this time in for, and it is like kind of a fresh start, right? Like, even if you had a, like, obviously we've talked about this all, all summer. A lot of the players that I like the most, you know, June, July, August have not really performed well, a couple of hits, lots of misses. And yet 
you still have all these teams. You still have all this life and everyone has dead spots on like all of their teams. Like even if you have healthy players, some of them, you know, I got Rashad Bateman on plenty of my teams. He's technically healthy, but is that helping me at all? No, and no, it's not. And so there is just this wide open, you know, possibility. And we'll get into a lot of uh, some of the like, historical stories that I think are really important to kind of tell and retell at this, at this point in the season, because um, I'm sure as everybody's going through all their teams, sometimes you're hopeful and sometimes you're like, Oh my God, this team is terrible. <laughs> you know, it's totally dead. And you, you just never know. You, you really don't like it. It sounds silly to just say any team can win, but dude, like almost, almost any team can win if you can reasonably field a starting lineup. And so that's the, best- the key. It's the best time. Yeah, you got to be able to do that, obviously. <laughs> that's but the, uh, but that's which I, more so this year than most years. Even 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 more so than this year. Um, just having live bodies, you know, and so much is even going to change over these next few weeks, right? Guys who look good right now can still go down. We have injuries every fr- – Tyreek just got hurt, right? Like injuries are still going to – like it's not over. You're looking at your teams right now and like X player may not even look awesome. But that can change by the time we get to week 17 or or this week. Like there's just so much opportunity and so much possibility that you got teams through. You have a bad advance rate like me. You have an amazing advance rate. We all got a chance, a chip in a chair. And I'm very, very excited. Yeah. And like you said, this is the day to be excited about it today, tomorrow. Start getting your pods because guess what's going to start happening on Saturday and Sunday? Do you remember that scene? from who framed Roger Rabbit spoiler alert for a movie that's 30 years old where the judge is getting steamrolled. Cause you're about to get steamrolled with these yes. teams on, on Sunday and Monday when you start to just see them drop out. I mean, my advance rate on, we'll start talking about advance rates and stuff, but DK, I got an extra three bonus teams in because of the thing, which is nice. So I advance 25 out of 104. So close to 24, 25% advance. But it's one out of 12 and one out of 12. Dude, there's no way 25 teams are surviving. I'm going to be lucky to get, what, three of those teams through? Like, if I'm super lucky, and then we're crossing fingers to get them to week 17, if we're even more lucky in that in that and those pods. So I have gotten lucky with these tournaments, though, in terms of, like, advance rate stuff. We're going to start talking about it. And I'm at, like, 17% in Best Ball Mania. I got 26 out of 150 that are getting through. But the guys that are getting injured were my misses. So I missed on a lot of the Houston stuff just Mm -hmm. based on the way I was drafting. I'm getting bailed out there. My Tyreek exposure was only at, you know, 8 or 9% in Best Ball Mania. So I'm kind of getting bailed out there. Even though God, I do I have live Tyreek teams. <laughs> I need Tyreek really, right. really bad. So I hope not. But I don't have I didn't have many Justin Herbert teams advancing. There's a bailout for that. I mean, in terms of like getting bailed out, I feel like I'm personally getting bailed out a lot in this. And I think even though I didn't have any best ball mania teams in the top 10,000 that returned money, my 26 teams, 24 of them or 23 of them feel super live just based on the players that I particularly advanced in this tournament. So I'm excited to see how that shakes out. It doesn't mean they're all, all 23 going to get the, you know, week 15, but I think I, I think I have a live chance to get to the second round at a little higher clip than maybe some others that have high advance rates, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm holding on to just a couple of different things that are giving me uh, tons of hope. One, one thing uh, that I've been doing today is uh, I'll kind of <laughs> do the thing you're not supposed to do and start with the really uh, like negative parts of, of this story and lead into where I'm being optimistic. But it's easy, and I was probably doing this earlier, like even in our own Discord, to start to look through your teams and be like, oh, man, like – three injured guys, a couple sucky guys, like is are you know, are these three wide receivers and these two running backs going to go nuts for three straight weeks. Right. And in particular on underdog in best ball mania, it is so ungodly hard to make it through this three week gauntlet. Right. So uh, it's one out of, you got to finish first out of 16 teams uh, just to, just to navigate through this first round. The first round is the easiest one because, you know, some of that there there will be dead teams in every one of your pods. Like you said, Justin Herbert teams are going to get through and and, you know, Josh Jacobs, um, uh, who knows if he's going to play on Thursday. Right. That Keenan Allen has been a smash and he could get pulled back by no Justin Herbert. There's just a, a natural, you know, attrition of, of certain teams. But even then you're like. You know, for me in particular, I'm like, I basically need Kyron Williams to score like 30 fantasy points for three straight weeks, which is yeah. even as good as he's been, like super unlikely. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I want to set that like we got plenty of time over the course of the next several months to be like, oh, man, I got so close or I advanced one round and I wasn't able to make it or I made the finals and I dudded in the finals. Like, I, let's take it. Like, I'm taking it like one step at a time, man. And I'm looking at these week 15 matchups. I'm looking at the players that I have in week 15. I feel similarly to how uh, you do in the, I don't want to say I'm, I'm getting bailed out because I do have like a bunch of Tyreek, although it's only Tuesday. I'm not, I'm not getting out over my skis worried about Tyreek as of, as of yet. Uh, dude, Trevor Lawrence played and was running around on a high ankle sprain, like after five days. And Tyreek did come back in that game. I know he was, he, <laughs> That guy is a weird human. His post-game presser was bizarre. He called his wife at halftime, and she told him to get his ass out there and go play, and so he did. Like, I don't know. Uh, whatever. But uh, he looked, you know, he certainly wasn't 100% having to come out of the game a lot. But when he was out there, like, he made a couple of plays that you're like, Jesus Christ, that dude just sprained his ankle. How is, how is a human able to do that after just spraining his ankle? I'm not worried too, like, as of yet. We'll see. Maybe he doesn't play, and then I'll certainly be tilting. But like this, this first week is like that big hurdle where honestly, just give me something in week 16 to kind of, to kind of sweat. Right. And I'll, I'll just let the chips fall where they may when we get there. And it also gives you another chance to back your way into running hot. Right. Like I kind of want to extend my chances at running hot. And I think if you, you know, are listening to this, if you play this game, the way that we do, we our whole goal is to draft teams to allow ourselves to get lucky, right? Right? Like we can all pretend to be the best prognosticators that exist. At the end of the day, right? I can't predict that Justin Herbert was going to break his finger, uh, right? Before I can't predict that Tank Dell, one of the best picks in all of fantasy, was going to go down right before the playoffs, right? But you can, you know, structure your teams in a way that, like, even guys who have not been particularly good have outs. Over the course of the fantasy playoffs, whether it's youth, right, contingent value, um, just different stuff like that to end up like getting lucky. I, I'm going to tell this story again. I apologize to everybody that's heard it 47,000 times, but this is 
ultimately what happened to you know the best sweat I've had in in best ball two years ago. Again, Pete Overzet and I drafted a team in best ball mania that was really live. It ended up finishing eighth in in best ball mania, but. We only drafted six running backs and our very first running back drafted went down on the, like the season had just started. I'd barely <laughs> like, I'd barely been able to process the season was starting and Raheem Mostert went down for the whole season. So we only got five guys. Our RB one was Tony Pollard. This is back when he was just like Zeke's backup back then. And no one like really even stone cold smashed over the course of the whole year. We just got lucky in that. Oh, Zeke missed a couple games, right? So, oh, you get those big Tony Pollard games. Then Dalvin cook missed a couple games. So Alexander Madison pops up, but we didn't use those guys score in week 17. We had to fight our way through the whole season and get to where Sony Michelle <laughs> was the workhorse for the Rams and Devin Singletary was the workhorse for the bills. They were not season long smashes. We just had to bide our time and have a team structured to get lucky. We had enough health at wide receiver and quarterback and tight end, but we weren't even very good there. Like this is, you know, it looks funny because CeeDee Lamb is a superstar now. This is two years ago before CeeDee Lamb had really become CeeDee Lamb. He was fine, but he wasn't amazing. Kyle Pitts was our tight end. Like third round Kyle, or fourth round Kyle Pitts was the tight end on that team. He stunk. Like, but you just need to have a team that's got enough juice to allow yourself to get lucky. And so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. Like, let's get through week 15. You never know what week 16 is going to bring, right? Like Zamir White has been a stone cold zero. <laughs> Literal. Not even, that, that's, I'm not even like exaggerating. Absolutely useless all season long. All of a sudden, week 15, Josh Jacobs has a knee injury. He did not practice again today. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but sure, all of a sudden – yeah, they play, they play Thursday. So all of a sudden, that Zamir, you sneak Zamir White in, and he looks like a horrible pick. You don't feel like he's a horrible pick on Thursday when he's the starting running back for the, for the Raiders against the Chargers without Justin Herbert, and like stuff like that's going to happen. So like that's, that's where I'm, you know, I'm being glass half full and very optimistic because so much of that kind of chaos is still yet to come. We don't, we feel like we look at the teams and know which ones are live and which ones aren't, but dude, we're going to look, we're going to keep doing these shows every week and we're going to be in week 17 and we're going to be like, do you have any, you know, <laughs> whatever, like, you know, do you have any Royce Freeman on your, <laughs> on your teams or whatever? And, and we just don't know what, what what's going to come, but uh, super duper excited. And I, I feel like despite a poor season for me from an advance rate perspective, there's a lot of teams that I am excited about headlined by just certain hits. Right. And I think that's the big lesson to take away right now is the misses feel bad. But the hits are what drive everything, right? Kyron Williams, Tank Dell before he got hurt, Puka. These guys are what drive the wins. Sam Laporta, et cetera. So, like, you got a couple dead roster spots. It doesn't matter if three big hits come through for you this week, right? Like, who cares that Rashad Bateman sucks if Mike Evans continues to smash? It doesn't matter. And so, uh, just, the, just the absolute best time. You can tell I'm excited. Yeah, so I, I went back today. Because I don't know if you know me, but I'm very humble and I don't like to dunk on people too much. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, definitely. Know, sometimes. First thing I tell everybody about Rob. <laughs> the, the most humble of people. And I had, a, I had a few comments in the Mastiff draft when we did that back in the summer. And I went back and I watched the last round and 
that I drafted to see like, cause I actually did want to see the thought process I went through to draft Kyron and Trey McBride over another wide receiver mm-hmm. and kind of see what that walkout process was. And I got to see the comment where the guy was like, this clown shoes team doesn't have a chance of advancing out of the first round. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I responded because I had to, I was very <laughs> humble about it, of course, but, but, but to your point, looking at that process of, why did I draft Kyron Williams? Why did I draft Trey McBride? Why didn't I draft another wide receiver? And it came out that I just wasn't comfortable with the wide receivers there. It was like, I was talking about like Calvin Austin, who I had interest in, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know what he did for the roster per se, unless there mm-hmm. was injuries. So I guess you could have taken him, but we were talking, I, I mean, I was talking about Chase Claypool on this team. Like there's, there's a guy that we could have put on that roster that just would have done nothing for it, right? Yep. And I was dancing around Puka Nakua on that team. And the reason I was dancing around is because I knew I wanted Kyron Williams. And I'm like, well, I can't take two Rams back-to-back here in this in the 17th and 18th round. So I took Kyron. The, the question was, do I take Kyron or Keontae Ingram? They were like same level for me. There was a possibility of taking Keontae Ingram on that team. But in the end, I wanted Trey McBride. So to me... It was either Keontae Ingram and maybe Puka Nakua, which I didn't even talk about, or Kyron Williams and Trey McBride. And I feel like we got very fortunate to land on what we landed on there. I, I mean, I, I like the process I went through, but you the point being, going back and just watching myself talk through those picks and how many players were just absolute stone dust that we didn't even know or that we thought were stone dust and just turned out to be stone dust. Chase Claypool. We didn't really like Chase Claypool, but we're like <laughs> the, the thought process was talked through. It's like, well, they did trade a second round pick for him last year. It's a full year in the off season. Maybe something works out here and he gets some sort of role. Wasn't ever being like, he's going to be the wide receiver one in smash, right? It was maybe there's a role for him here and you get some usable weeks. You didn't get any usable weeks. Is Chase Claypool alive still? I mean, do <laughs> I'm we not know sure. at this point? So Tyreek got hurt and it sure didn't matter for, yeah. Chase, for Chase Claypool. They Braxton Berrios and Cedric Wilson and River Craycraft are out there running wind sprints. I'm sure it was the same though. If you go back and watch the stream with you and Pete for that team that you were just talking about, some of the thought process of the guys you went through and just the the razor thin margin of taking the right guy. You were probably talking about three or four guys per round. You know, there's probably a few rounds where there was slam dunk no brainers, but you you were probably sitting there like, do we yep. want to take Kyle Pitts in the third or fourth round, or do we want to take this wide receiver X or whatever? And maybe that wide receiver was better for that team. Well, was a better pick overall in best ball, but could have destroyed your construction, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you might have got a better player. You might have gotten a better player than Kyle Pitts. You probably would have got a better player than Kyle Pitts. But because of the way you drafted that team, that construction is what you needed. You needed Kyle Pitts and all of his shit points to get through because it allowed you to construct your roster a different way. So going back and watching some of those streams, whoever your favorite streamer is, probably Spike Week, I would assume, maybe some of the Sunday morning shows, go back and watch some of those streams and just see us talk through those that process and what people are drafting look at the draft board and you're like oh my god what were we doing but i mean we're doing hindsight 2020 but you can see how to your point yeah we'll talk about rashad penny sucks and Devonte adams sucks and josh jacobs sucks but at the end of the day 
really and truly constructing your roster in the best way that you can construct a roster is what really, really matters for these contests. I also feel like um, to, to that end, people talk about, <clears throat> and we all say it, the catchphrases and stuff, right? Like roster construction, you know, mm. uh, uh, that being the key, you know, as opposed to player takes and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like we don't spend enough time discussing kind of the specifics of what you just talked about and the specifics of what we talk about in terms of how do I construct a roster in a way that can help me navigate these playoffs a little bit, a little bit better. Right. And it's very difficult and very nuanced and we don't need to spend all that time right now. That's, that's for the off season, as opposed to right now, we're just trying to enjoy uh, these like two days, like you said before, it all turns to shit this weekend, but uh (laughs) But like, that is really ultimately the key. Like, how do I, uh, so like, I'll take a zero running back, for example. One of the reasons why I love zero running back, um, like the, the jokes are, are, are fun. I love to, you know, make fun of running backs and, and, uh, you know, robust RB boomers and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's really kind of like two folds. It's, it's, it, I'll call it, I guess, threefold technically. It's something that clearly has a very uh, high chance is not the right word, a very clear path to to becoming a, like a, an awesome team that can win a, a best ball tournament right i mean we're seeing it this year we talk we, every single show that we've done all season you show up and you're like so and so got hurt again right and so we know that injuries are part of the game it is what it is we can't really you know we can't get sad about it and get depressed it's just you know that it's part of the game so how do you try to take advantage of it well to me one of the best ways to try to take advantage of it is zero running back or like you know contingent value um uh ambiguous backfield type running backs where the chaos of the season is going to play out in the favor of some of these guys. Some it's not right. We just compare Kyron Williams to Keontae Ingram. The chaos of the season has not played out in Keontae Ingram's favor at all. It has played out in the favor of, of Kyron Williams. It hasn't paid out, you know, played out in the favor of whatever, pick another, uh, take take the Rams, take Zach Evans, who was just, you know, it was one A, one B behind Cam Akers at the at one point in the season, right? Like in the off season before we started getting the preseason games. Zach Evans was getting drafted, I think, ahead of Kyron Williams. Yep. And I was just flip flopping between the two. Like, I'll take some Zach Evans here. I'll take some Kyron Williams there. And until we, I mean, just to help you express your point here, you can be done in the same backfield. But the whole goal is to try to attack something that you know, like I said, so zero running back is just one thing. I'm not trying to tout zero running back. I'm saying the Mm. mindset is I can do something that not that many people do, right? Zero running back is very uncomfortable for, it it gets uncomfortable for me sometimes. And I'm a total sicko degenerate that will wait until like round 11 for my first running back. Like it is, it is an uncomfortable thing to physically click those buttons and, and draft the team that way. So naturally not that many people do it. It also has the ability to benefit from the chaos of the chaos of the season, right? But then specifically when we get to these playoff weeks, <clears throat> how do we get some potentially low-owned leverage, right? It's so hard to make it ha- – like our whole goal is not to draft bad players. Our whole goal is to dra- – like if you could give me all the best players on all the teams and I advance a million of them, yes, I would rather have that. But also I know that I need to show up to week 17 and have some viable way to win that isn't like – coin flipping Rashad Bateman versus Odell or whatever. Like I, that's not that interesting to me and a structure 
like zero running back or some other fragile, you know, however you want to approach it can allow you to do that because you're just not going to have, right? So you draft seven running backs. They're all later guys. Most of them are not going to hit over the course of the season, but all you need is that one week when Zeke misses, right? Tony Pollard could be a bust all season, but Zeke happens to miss in week 17, which enables Tony Pollard to obviously be a stone cold smash using like a DFS reference. He'll be the highest owned running back in all of DFS, right? Jonathan Taylor's been out for two weeks. Zach Moss has been fucking useless, but uh, a shout out to my DraftKings teams, but he has uh, been the most popular player in DFS, like by leaps and bounds. He projected as the second highest raw points player on the slate last week. He didn't hit that obviously, but going into the week, if you have Zach Moss, you're like, Oh my God, wheels up. Right. But let's just say JT had never gotten hurt all season. Zach Moss would have been, you know, not that great. So how do I get there? It structures like that. And I feel like, you know, all the folks in the chat here, you, myself, our team and everything and all the folks, you know, Pat and everybody that we've, we've done shows with are really good about not necessarily the exact names we click in. You're, you're going to miss <clears throat> a lot, right? Like, like Rajad Benny, like Damian Harris, like whoever. Uh, shout out Malik Davis. That's the name that always comes to my that yeah, always comes to my Malik head when Davis. I think I was when big I think on about Malik. that. Yeah. yeah, early in the summer, I was drafting Malik Davis, uh, and I do have some Rico Dowdle on advancing teams. So technically, that's not uh, not that the dream is not dead there. But you know what I mean? Like being thoughtful about how the heck can I actually find a way to create a team that can get to Week 17 and do something? Like how do I get that Sony Michelle? guy you know when sony michelle's getting 25 touches in week 17 how do i get that because nobody's predicting that and nobody would have predicted that even like three quarters of the way through the season but shit happens dude chaos happens and we've reached the point now where we want to try to benefit from all that chaos and uh like i said i i i'm very excited uh i, I want to hit some of the the folks in the the chats comments but as yeah I start to just scroll- real Real quick, just to expand upon this zero RB point in terms of like advance rate stuff, I'll keep it short, but don't even just think of it. When we think of zero RB, we're just thinking of the running back position because that's the one you're naming, right? But think about this year in particular. What did zero RB allow you to do? It allowed you to front load some of your other positions. So if you were a Lamar guy, if you were a Jalen Hurts guy, a Josh Allen guy, and you decided to do a lot of your zero rb builds with an elite quarterback in mind like your zero rp rb teams are stronger than a lot of teams just because you're getting the advancing quarterback right so just being able to do that because you're you're moving up other positions you're using zero rb to strengthen the rest of your roster and the top five guys for the most part you know lamar mahomes allen fields whatever like whoever you want to name the top five as are are live like the the highest Mm -hmm. quarterback that's dead is is justin herbert so that the other top four or five guys are there so if you were doing it in an elite quarterback factor for your zero rb teams then you've already helped your teams that were zero, zero rb advance and be live versus you know some of these other teams that drafted cmc but waited on quarterback as much as CMZ advanced, you know, you did CMC and then you were grabbing wide receivers and then you just started grabbing Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> you know, like those guys, Anthony Richardson, which a lot of people were doing double tapping in that round. Like, you know, it killed a lot of teams because of that. So just allowing you to the flexibility of the other positions as well, I think is important to point out. 
definitely any structure, right? Uh, <clears throat> thinking it through, not just through that, the structure that kind of defines the position generally being running back, right? But it has so much more to do with the, the collective of the lineup than it does just the running backs. You, know, you mentioned the quarterback thing, how I kind of, like you said, you and I both approached it and we saw the same thing and took it two totally different opposite directions, right? I have all this Sam Howell, you have all these uh, elite quarterbacks and we're both sitting here entering this week like, yeah, I feel good. Like yeah. I feel, you know, we did literally the polar, the, the exact opposite strategies around that quarterback position, but because we did it in a thoughtful way, not everything worked out perfectly, but like, I don't know, it, it feels good, right? <clears throat> I feel good about the Howell, Ritter, Tua, Gino, you know, Jordan Love coming on a little bit, not, not last night but you know uh, uh, uh just these guys and the opposite for you the elites have are still the elites and they have happened to stay healthy which is which is nice and in any any individual week like i'm looking at my teams like i one of my favorite teams i think i think in best ball mania is a josh allen team and like i did i hardly ever drafted josh allen like hardly ever and i'm like I'm ready to go to battle. You know, I, I'll, I'll go to war with the, with the Josh Allen team. You know, it's, it's got Kyron, it's got uh, a CD, it's got uh, a Kittle. And I'm like, yeah, dude, wheels up. Let's go. I'm ready to go to, go to battle with that one. And was I like a genius for drafting Josh Allen and CD and Kittle? No, absolutely. But it's all the structural stuff that has the trickle down uh effect into it uh all right um so many amazing comments i'm gonna try to hit as many please keep them coming and if you have questions i want to try to get to a lot of questions because that's what we're here to do talk about what you guys want to do we talk about what what me and rob want to talk about uh, uh 365 days out of the year um a couple this is funny the, to the intro song more <laughs> need, need to need some more bass don't ever uh, tell jesse that because he will yeah add I, was all just, the I, was, I was just gonna say <laughs> you guys should hear some of the music that doesn't make it onto the <laughs> onto the channel if you like uh bass shout out cj uh mentioned the wild card score for drafting so if you just want to go look back at your teams and see and tilt the ones that scored 100 and, or 1971 or something and didn't get in to the wild card uh, if you scored 1972 or higher, uh, you made it in uh, from DraftKings, whether or not you finished in the top two. Um, let's see here. Jeff, shout out Jeff. First year getting some wild card entries. That is awesome. Michael has a 20% advance rate and a rough quarterback and running back. Michael, let me tell you this. It was a rough quarterback and running back season for goddamn everybody. Like, <laughs> There are not very many good running backs in fantasy right now. Like, I don't know if you play again. I don't know if you play DFS. I, there's not many that I even want to click into a DFS lineup every, every single week. Nonetheless, having six or seven of them on a bet. How can I get six or seven of them on a best ball team? And of course, quarterback has been uh, an absolute nightmare. This is the best Christmas gift of the year for Jonathan. Amen to that. That's what we're all hoping. Uh, that, that is for sure. A nice new year's Eve uh hopefully in store for a lot of folks around here fantasy sanctuary shout out for the awesome tools made a lot of fun this year thank you for that yeah shout out to shout our to guy hacker. shout out to hacker an absolute wizard um and i will j just quick uh side tangent on this one if you do use the tools we'll probably pull up draft iq a little bit and look at some teams during the show if you do use the tools uh a like thank you but also i kind of a, a 
I can accept the fact that we haven't perfected everything yet. We, this is like speculating is still pretty new and the tools are still pretty new. Nothing has been perfected. We've been trying to move as fast as we could and get as much, as many tools, as much data, you know, as much different stuff in your hands as possible. And our goal over the next three, four months heading into 2024 is to really perfect these things. You know, the, the user experience, the, the, the looks, the design, just the, the smoothness of everything. We're really going to try to focus on that. So uh, shout out to, to all you guys for, you know, hanging in there with us when things aren't always perfect. And I know today, uh, advance rate day is always a doozy with the old tools. Uh, everybody is pilot. The traffic is spiking like crazy, no pun intended, on the site. And everybody's like, refresh, refresh, refresh. And I'm like, please, God, stop refreshing. It's not fixed yet. Like, <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll get it. Um, Dustin. Ty Chandler bags, a good example of a guy who has gotten an elevated role and elevated opportunity, generally speaking, but hasn't really popped off yet, um, but has the potential here down the stretch to be one of those guys that could be the league winner. It's too early to know about Alexander Madison. I haven't honestly checked a lot of injury reports. I've just been refreshing Josh Jacobs and Tyreek <laughs> pretty much uh, every day. But um, so I don't know if Madison's even going to miss any time or, you know, like I said, it's Tuesday. It's too early to know. Guys said it on Tuesday yeah. all the time. Oh, um, but Ty Chandler is a, is a great example of a guy last round pick or late round pick. Hasn't really done anything like maybe a usable week. I think he had the one like 15 point game or whatever uh, a few weeks back, but hasn't really done anything. But if Alexander Madison misses time, do you want Ty Chandler on your team? Hell yes. Like, hell yes. You want Ty Chandler. So that's a good one. Um, and then I, I want to hit this and then we'll start talking about some of these other uh, subjects. Daniel asks, uh, we did a similar to what Rob uh, did on underdog in the uh, Mastiff. Uh, we did a five, five, five draft on DraftKings, and it did not make the fantasy playoffs. It was uh, like hovering in the middle. So like, not awful, but I don't think it was ever really in contention. Darren Waller tanked that team. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was a couple of brutal injuries that really killed killed that team. Shout out Darren Waller. My God, what a disaster he he has been. But no five five fives. And I personally, uh, thanks Dan for bringing up this and rubbing salt in the wound. I drafted five 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 teams on DraftKings. Got third in two of them. Uh, and I, I told you one of them was the Dolphins double. It had, like I said, it had Andrews as the bring back and Dobbins, but like London, Kyron, Jerome Ford, Chuba, I'm like hit on a lot of good stuff, but didn't, uh, didn't quite get there. I, I do like on the, the higher stake stuff, getting three advancing teams and, or maybe underdog does a great job. I think yeah, of that personally I think so too. Yeah, I think I think the three or four, maybe the six was a bit too much. Um, we could debate that back and forth. I mean, I'm super happy to get my thousand dollars back, to be honest, and then see where the chips lie at that point. But three or four seems really, really like nutted for higher buy and stuff. I agree. Um, <laughs> we, we're freaking Olaf out. Uh, first year of best ball. <laughs> you are in. Let me tell you what. Our little words uh, here of, of wisdom uh, are going to do – don't even hold a candle to what you're going to experience this weekend. Uh, it is a whirlwind, especially the first weekend. I don't know what you think about this. The first weekend is the trickiest because you obviously have the most teams. It's not like you have a ton. You do have certain players that you're going to root for, which is the case all season, right? I'm rooting more for 
Sam Howell and Kyron and whatever, but like and Rashad Penny to be active. But um, it is a little difficult because you are rooting for certain teams, which would ultimately be rooting against other teams. How do you hand, like, how do you emotionally handle it? You just kind of sit back and enjoy it? Or do you have any specific things you try to like, do you pick out certain teams that you're rooting for? Or are you just kind of letting it all play out? There's certain teams that I'm going to be watching this weekend, but that can change, right? That could change immediately where you start your react. I mean, for myself, I mean, there's different variations of this. Rich Rebar didn't even know he was in the goddamn finals last year <laughs> until it was done. Then there's me who's like every touchdown I'm scrolling. Cause I think I'm live for $3 million on every single touchdown. I'm like, which of these lineups is advancing now? Who's going to wave me $3 million now? Like I'm going nuts. It's like being live in the Millie with all your teams. So yeah, I have 26 best ball mania teams. I'll be scrolling through. I have 25 in the DK Millie. I have a couple of high stake teams that I'll clearly be checking on a little more than others, but yeah, you're going to, I'm going to be scrolling through them all. Like, please update, please show me the scores um, right now because I, I just want to, the sweat's fun. And like you said, the second week, it's not as much because you clearly, you lose a lot of those teams. Most. So your sweat becomes way more concentrated. So now you know what you're actually kind of sweating for, for the most part in that week. So um, yeah, it's just a fun, stressful, heart attack inducing, you know, and we get to do it all day Saturday too. Cause there's three games on Saturday. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know if I'm happy, sad, whatever that Thursday is kind of a boring game that I don't have much, much exposure to. And I actually didn't draft a ton. I have some Keenan Allen on, on advancing teams. He might <clears> have play. Um, yeah, I know he hasn't practiced yet yeah. either. And they don't have a ton. I don't, I don't remember if they're technically out, of the, they don't have a ton of incentive without Justin Herbert to force Keenan Allen to play. Josh Palmer is back. Um, so that could be good. Josh Palmer could be a little bit of a sneaky guy. Keenan um, Allen's my other bailout guy that I forgot to mention earlier. I just didn't draft any Keenan Allen. So, and I have, like I said, I have, I was like, uh, I might have been like a smidge underweight Keenan Allen. It wasn't like a big hard, st- I didn't have like a crazy hard take about Keenan either way. But same thing, I don't have a ton of him on advancing teams. Like you said, sometimes you just get a, l- a little lucky. But I am, for my mental health, happy that it's Raiders Chargers on Thursday and not like, you know, one of the big games. Like if it was, if Rams Commanders was on Thursday this week, like I would have to take yeah. the next two days off because I wouldn't be like, that's like my whole we might week have to is, live stream that if that was on Thursday. Yeah. But you would, I wouldn't be able to, I'd be pacing around, you know, this whole, this whole room though. I probably will do that on Sunday, the afternoon <laughs> games. I don't know if you've seen the schedule for Sunday, the afternoon games are, Oh buddy, uh, Niners, Cardinals, Rams, commanders. And, um, Oh my God. It's another big one. Is it the Cowboys, uh, in the afternoon? Sorry, I should have looked this up already. I'm I'm stalling for yeah, time. I looked it up earlier, and I can't remember. Cowboys, either. Bills, Cowboys, oh, wow. Bills, 49ers, Cardinals. I know that's not like a great real life game, but the 49ers are very very important. Trey McBride could be mm-hmm. very important, etc. And then for me, maybe not for everybody, but Rams Commanders is like my fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, like this is <laughs> this is everything I've been waiting for. Like that's going to decide. You know, if that game is 10-7, you're not going to see me on Monday. Let's just where is that game? Let's just game uh, in LA. Good. In LA, yeah. So good weather. Uh, but this, I, I will say, this week 15 slate. Other than you know the Thursday game, um, the Saturday games are pretty 
awful. Uh, Nick Mullins against uh, Jake Browning and uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky against Gardner Minshew. And then uh, uh, Lions Broncos is, is okay. But Sunday is awesome. And then Monday night is Eagle Seahawks, which should have, if Gino can get back, I guess even if he doesn't, but can be a pretty big game. So I, you laugh about, about Gardner Minshew, but dude, I have like the sickest Gardner Minshew team known to man. It's Stroud, RIP, Stafford Howell. It's a, it's a super flex. It's McCaffrey, Pollard, Jalen Warren, Kyron Williams, Jamar Chase, Monra, Michael Pittman, Zay Flowers, Dallas Goddard, Higby, if he comes back. Like that team is for a super flex team is quite stacked. So I'm, I have a little Gardner Minshew sweat, which not many people have. Yes. Yeah. Hey, there's worse things to be sweating than Gardner Minshew. He's been, he's been just fine. Uh, shout out Y dad. Uh, I obviously recognize the name. Mm-hmm. I've been hanging out with us all summer. We're finally live. Good luck and good luck to you. Of course. Um, let me see here. Uh, I will say creamy sauce. It makes me feels it's like a creamy is like a, a lesser extreme version of the word moist. Like when I say creamy, I feel gross. Like yeah. it just, you know, it's like when people say moist, like you feel very inappropriate. I feel like that about creamy. So I don't know how I feel about your name yet. It is kind of funny, but uh, uh, everybody go check out the discord, which there is a link. It's 100% free uh, in the DraftKings NFL channel. Uh, everybody's been posting all their uh, DK advance rates and uh, a shout out to all of them because they're making me look completely horrible, but there, there are some, heavy hitters in the discord that got a lot of teams through in the DK Millie. So I feel I'm pretty excited to see what everybody can do over these next few weeks uh, on, on all platforms, but man, the, the sickos on DraftKings just absolutely uh, crushed it this year. I yeah, think- and so yes, creamy 50 out of 150 is a fucking lot. That's an, uh, yes, that's a lot. I, I think that that's important too, because I do see people that still are talking about how they're not going to draft on DraftKings next year because they don't like the interface. They don't enjoy drafting on it. But just look at the people in our Discord. Look at us. Our advance rates are much better on DraftKings. You're you're giving up as long if you want to give up that EV that we have. Like our edge is greater on that platform at the moment. By all means, I. I didn't 150 it because I got sick of it a little bit. And there was a few things that I was annoyed about with them. But I know that that's where I need to go to put money in because drafters is pretty sharp. Underdog is obviously pretty sharp. DraftKings is where you're still getting your biggest edge, in my opinion. I I, I totally agree. I, I understand everybody's different perspective on mm-hmm. how they wanted to de- like, it's your life to play it. How, what makes yeah, you happy? What you want to like, do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm never going to push back on somebody that believes they'll be happier or whatever about how they spend their time in particular their money. But uh, for me, if anything, I want to draft more on DraftKings. Um, I, I also just think if you are taking this seriously, good at this and do think you have an edge, a, you know, the golden rule of like any poker, DFS, best ball, whatever, go to where the fish are, right? Go go to where the competition is the weakest. That's the easiest way to be the most plus EV. It's just, as an average player on DraftKings can be plus EV because the field is very bad. Now, if you are above average, right? You just are stacking EV, which is great, but also uh, 20 rounds, I think is better for uh, good drafters. Having, basically, it's kind of like, 
if you ever uh, heard like sports analogies, like they always say the best teams should like play the fastest, right? Because if you have an edge, you want to run more plays because every play you have that edge, the more plays, the faster you, like the more you speed the game up, right? Why do the page, why, why do the Patriots run the ball every play and try to get the hell out of Dodge? Cause they're outgunned and they can't compete with the other teams. So in, it's actually the same in best ball, the more picks, and the more, you know, the more you can extrapolate your edge, I think is, is very beneficial to us. Um, and I think full PPR, I think people are bad at full PPR. They're bad at full PPR plus the bonuses on DraftKings. Like they're, those are little things, but that's, that's this game, man. It's all stacking up the micro edges. And I think they exist uh, on DraftKings the most. Um <laughs> It's good. Travis says Chase Claypool is training with, 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 with Will Fuller. That is ironically both uh, Dolphins, uh, <laughs> both most recently on the Dolphins. <laughs> Freaking Hacker. Of course, it, <laughs> Hacker, the only sicko that was smashing a bunch of Ezekiel Elliott. You want to talk about setting yourself up to run hot. Uh, I have zero Zeke, obviously. Certainly zero Zeke on advancing teams. But Zeke, Zeke looks pretty good. Did you draft any uh, Zeke? Not enough. That's for damn sure. He is a smash. Yeah, definitely. Dennis says Ty Chandler against the Packers in week 17. Looks good. That is for sure. Um, let's see here. I love Updog's comment where he said 100% going to be pacing like an insane person this weekend. Yeah, that's what it is, man. It's the sweat. It's the sweat. Definitely. Um, so this question from Josh brings me to what I do want to talk about um some more here and it is what are some players that it's easy to be like who are we most excited about like full stop in a vacuum because Mm -hmm. it's like who's been awesome right who projects the best but jsn is a guy that i obviously drafted a lot of and i'm not saying i'm excited for him because how can you be excited for a guy that you know never has really done anything but i think the most interesting like mental exercise as we scroll through our teams is like Players like this, where they're they're alive. So hey, we ch- we check the first most important box. They're out there playing football, especially if they have like some relative talent or potential for opportunity. Uh, we talked about Tajay last night, and then of course the fucking Titans <laughs> beat the Dolphins. Yeah, so we're not gonna get we're gonna get more Dehember season here for the next month. But like guys that could step are stepping into or could step into more opportunity that maybe haven't been smashes all year or like they're talented and still out there. And like, you know, they could be Amon Ra. Remember Amon Ra from a couple of years, he didn't do shit all season. And all of a sudden he's a smash in the fantasy playoffs. I'm not, I'm not saying JSN is Amon Ra, but just, he's just a guy that like, if JSN popped up for a few 20 point fantasy games, would I be like completely shocked? I, I I wouldn't because he's good and his his role has elevated. Is there anybody out there like that for you that you've been like, yeah, he's not awesome, but I'm kind of excited to see him on teams. See, I've been looking at it the other way, unfortunately, to like completely subvert your question. I've been looking at the guys that were heavily drafted that aren't advancing as much. And my favorite line, and I only have this guy on one lineup that advanced, but he was the lowest, I believe, I believe Herzig had this stat earlier where like the lowest advance rate guy that was drafted 100% of the time is Justin Jefferson. And if he plays this week, right? 
So my Justin Jefferson lineup, and I can actually just share it because I have it pulled up if we yep. want to look at it real quick. Yep. It's um it's pretty fun. It's let's look through it now. So Sorry. no worries. So it's this middle lineup here. It's Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, which is already feels like a big edge in some of these tournaments. The running backs are fine. It's AJ Dillon, Brian Robinson, HN. Jalen Warren, Kenneth Kenneth Gainwell, Samir, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem these, Hunt. That, that's fine. This is fine. Then it's Justin Jefferson, D Hop, Gabe Davis, Rasheed Rice, MVS, of course, because God forbid I don't have him on the lineup. Jalen <laughs> Hyatt, MVS, and baby MVS, Jalen yeah. Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dallas Goddard and Trey McBride. So if I get Jefferson yeah. on this lineup, like this is the the lineup that I was eyeing. It barely got through. It got through by 19 and a half points, basically. But a guy like that with that double elite quarterback build that I just don't think others are going to have, I wouldn't be shocked if I'm the only one with that three-man combo right there. All my running backs are live. The only guy dead is Christian Kirk on this lineup. Um, I think if I can get a healthy Jefferson that plays, buddy, this team – has like a lot of juice in my opinion. Hopkins looks like he's going to end up having to play the entire season. We get Houston twice. We get the revenge game twice in the playoffs. If we can get this team through, that's that's the guy that I'm looking at, the Justin Jefferson getting through. He's only 5% through at the moment. So of those 5% teams, getting that team to a final with Justin Jefferson is already probably going to be highly unique. So even if we don't get Jefferson this week and I can still squeeze this team, the week 16, um, I think there's enough players here to do that with D hop. Gabe Davis could go off or she rice, you know, the running backs are capable of getting it through Trey McBride's there guys like that. I mean, my boring, boring answer is Mahomes, but that's just because I drafted so much of him. My advance <laughs> rate with him's higher and he's not going to be a huge, I don't think he was a huge advance rate guy. No, nope. like he was probably average at best. So, those are the way I'm looking at it. I haven't really looked at it from the other perspective yet, but I'm sure you're going to drop some names where I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I will say, uh, Michael, uh, Robert Woods was not the first name that came to, that, that came to my mind in this uh, archetype, but I do understand it. Certainly, I think um, Woods and Mechie both are candidates that we should at least toss out. It, it feels bad. You know, it, it, I'm not saying that they are going to pop off, but that's also the point of like the question is the whole point is they're not, it's not likely because they haven't been awesome all season, right? Mm -hmm. It's not likely that JSN pops off. Is it likely that old Robert, you know, Robert Woods, John Mechie hasn't done anything. He, he probably sucks. Robert Woods probably sucks, but guess what? They don't have any wide receivers. <laughs> like they, they're either going to not move the ball in offense, which this week is probably the most likely scenario or somebody's got to catch some passes and all you got to do is get some targets. You fall in the end zone once, God forbid twice. And that guy can, can be a guy uh, that can really elevate teams. Cause like you said, nobody has Robert Woods on advancing teams. Um, so I think that one makes a, a ton of sense. Um, I wanted to let chase Brown's know. a good one. I love chase Brown because he, he has double outs in my opinion, which is like the dream. Yep. Zamir White needed the Josh Jacobs injury. And I mean, he might get it and then it's all good. And, you know, Ty Chandler 
could maybe do something, but generally speaking, he needs the Alexander Madison injury. Chase Brown, ideally, like to be a mega smash, Joe Mixon goes away, but like his role keeps growing. That kid has some juice, like some real juice, and he's not going to be that popular. He's not going to be 2%, but he didn't do anything until the last two, like absolutely nothing until the last two weeks. So he just can't possibly be a mega popular guy. And all it takes is his, you know, role continuing to grow here down the stretch. They lose this week. You know, the playoffs start looking murkier and Mixon is older. We talked about this yesterday that Mixon's definitely feeling the pressure. It seems from chase Brown, uh, uh, behind him, like Mixon going back in the game with a banged up shoulder and everything. But you know, guys like that, I think, are the most fun ones uh, to, to dream a little bit about. Uh, this is not actually the guy I wanted to mention, but I'm going to share my screen as well on one of the teams I'm most excited about. And it's actually not in one of the keynote tournaments. It's actually in the – this is the $44 on uh, on DraftKings. Will this Zoom work? Thank you. Um, but I really like this tournament because um, – little small, right? 200K to first. I mean, it's not a million, but I, I'll take two, I'll take 200,000. Yeah. And it's small. You know, if you can make navigate your way to the final, it's much, much smaller than, than the Millie, but I actually didn't draft a lot of, uh, a lot of Dak and um, uh, CD, but it's Dak CD. I'll get to the running backs. Dak CD, Metcalf, DJ Moore, Drake London. There's JSN Hollywood. I think is like a remotely interesting guy there. He has not done anything with mm-hmm. Kyler back he's actually somehow gotten worse with Kyler back but I, <laughs> I it doesn't make any sense to me but I don't think that that's like a given right last year if we go back to the beginning of last season he was amazing with Kyler like he was a, like a stone cold smash in fantasy with Kyler I think he's remotely interesting I don't actually like Traylon Burks but I mean he was but he's live he was playing last night he was he was playing last night he got the downfield shot you know Anything can happen, right? Um, and then, uh, well, it was running back that I wanted to mention. But this team's got Kittle and Ferg. Everybody's healthy mm-hmm. uh, at wide receiver and tight end and quarterback. It is, of course, missing our guy Evan Hall and Deion Jackson is com- completely useless. But of course, Kyron. Um, and then I wanted to, sh- I wanted to two situations that I think are interesting. Uh, the 49ers backup running backs, I have Eli Mitchell, and it looks like he might have preferred Jordan Mason, which, again, shout out to freaking Hacker. He knows all these things. Got Zeke and Jordan Mason on a, on a million teams. Uh, that looks pretty good right now. I don't think anything's, you know, certainly I'm not predicting an injury to CMC, and I'm not predicting that we get to week 17 and he's not playing because right now that's definitely not the most likely scenario. But it's not impossible. <laughs> it, it's It's not impossible. And... A 49ers running back is so valuable just by playing the running back position for the 49ers that a Jordan Mason or an Eli Mitchell in week 17 popping up, I don't think is the craziest thing that ever happened. And then not specifically Roshan, but the Bears look really interesting to me at running back. I can't figure out exactly what they're trying to do. I'm not sure they know because Foreman was inactive and then Foreman took over when Khalil Herbert got hurt. Herbert came back and Roshan actually led the <laughs> led the team in snaps. And then they went back to Foreman this week. But all that's to say they got three guys and I don't know that any of them are right now. It seems like Foreman, but whoever gets the most work on in the bears backfield is really valuable. I know the offense flows through fields and DJ Moore, but like 
they're scoring points and they're moving the ball and having fields back there actually really helps their run game. And they could easily score multiple touchdowns in a week, any of these running backs and just by how weird the season was, certainly Khalil Herbert is not going to be popular. I don't think Roshan will be popular, but like if they decided down the stretch, they're out of the playoffs. Right. And they said, let's, let's just give Roshan the ball. Like we like Foreman, but Roshan's our rookie. He He's part of our future. If he, you know, elevated here down the stretch, I would not be surprised. And so just a couple examples of guys, of course you see fucking Rashad Penny on this team, but um, tried to warn you. Some, I know some couple, you should have warned me about like everyone that I drafted. That would have been nice. (laughs) Uh, uh, And then I I mentioned this last night, but I'm excited about the Falcons, but in particular, I'm excited about Bijan. Well, we couldn't draft Falcons because they're playing the bears in week 17. Can't can't didn't didn't you don't you aren't you worried about the run rate? Both of those teams are just gonna run. How could you ever draft DJ Moore? How? How could you ever draft Drake London? Don't you know? They're just gonna run every single time. But uh uh yeah, I I, I kind of those were just some examples, not necessarily the names that I'm most excited about. If you got some, drop them in the chat. But I'm I'm really, really like looking for those kinds of guys where it's like they're alive. And, you know, maybe talented, like in Roshan's situation, but like, it's just weird and murky, but they have a path and that's all I can ask for at this point in the season, right? Give me a path to some production. Yes. I mean, and that's, that's a fun tournament that you're in. I want to pull up one more of my DraftKings teams. I just have to uh, rerun a couple things here in order to do it. But one of my favorite teams that's live, I've talked about the Mastiff all the time. I had a, a steamroller of a team and a hundred dollar single entry over on DraftKings, and I'm pulling that up as we speak. As soon as I can find it, um, it's it's uh, got to be here somewhere. So, but it's it's just an absolute stud of a lineup, and we fill some time for me while I find this team. Yeah, go for it. Um, <clears throat> here's a good one. This, uh, I, Michael, you're welcome back to any one of these shows because if if you would like to make me feel better about my horrible uh, teams, this definitely does. He says, for what it worth, what it's worth, only three point four percent of the teams that advance to round two have Kyron Williams. So if you have a Kyron team and you advanced, you have a big edge in round two. I I, I didn't know the specific number. I haven't looked. I, I assume you're talking about BBM, but uh, uh, this is this is like a reason that like. I'm trying to uh, think about the, be- the best way to word this. We talk all summer about like uniqueness and stuff like that. And I think sometimes it gets a little lost in what we really mean by that mm-hmm. or what people mean by that, or it gets a little bit misconstrued. Um, the Kyron example, <clears throat> part of why, so I drafted um, almost, it was, it was almost 60% Kyron on DraftKings and like 50% Kyron on drafters. I only have like 12% or something like that on, on underdog because I drafted most of my teams on underdog earlier and we didn't have as much information about the Ram situation. And so I was taking a ton of Kyron at the end once we got new information, but people will say, why, why did you take that crazy big stand on, on Kyron? And it's because of exactly what, what Michael said. It's not just like that. I had conviction about Kyron, although I did because the Rams basically told us (laughs) like once we got that information, not only did we know he was the backup, like he was not playing in the preseason and in, in camp rotating in with the ones. Right. So we had evidence that was like 
A, he's something. I don't know what that something is, but he shouldn't be going in the last round, right? He certainly shouldn't be undrafted. We got that news. And so I was just like, he's undervalued. I'm just going to take him. But to exactly Michael's point, when we talk about uniqueness and stuff, why did I take him so many times was this is a guy who's underpriced. We've learned all this information. Um, the, you know, the situation's great. The Rams, obviously, we're seeing what, what Rams running backs can do for fantasy. But he's so low draft, so lowly drafted, so infrequently drafted on best ball teams that like, I, 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 I just want to extrapolate that edge. Like I said, only 3% of teams advanced with the, one of the best picks in all fantasy. He was one of the best picks in all fantasy, but he was, he's like 2% total drafted in all BBM, maybe, maybe three. So naturally hardly any teams can get through. Cause even if you have them right, you're going to have natural attrition of, of good picks. And so uh, that this Kyron Williams is why we talk about all that shit. Why do we talk about scrolling down? Why do we talk about uniqueness? Why do we talk about finding these, you know, like, oh, like, why do we talk about, you mentioned Calvin Austin. Why do we bring up losers like that, right? You pay the tax on Calvin Austin to find Kyron Williams. You pay the tax yeah. on whoever to find, right, Evan Hall. I paid the, the Evan Hall tax, okay? I got lots of Evan Hall teams. I paid that tax. He died immediately, right? But that line of thinking gets you to Kyron Williams. And Kyron Williams is a stone cold smash who is only on 3% of advancing teams. Like I will, I will take my chances with that every single season. Um, and he is the shining example of why you care about the uniqueness and that kind of stuff. And why we should be paying attention to that stuff for the lineups that we are saving to draft late in the year when we see that stuff, making sure. And I was guilty of it this past year. I was drafting Kyron, but probably should have been doing it at a higher clip than I was at the end of the year. Just so quickly this, before you, just quickly to finish this, this Kyron point, Love Star says if Kyron hits in round two, uh, you know, hit, basically if Kyron hits in these next couple of weeks, he, you know, he's certainly going to be represented in the, the best ball playoffs. And to, my answer to that is that's fine. Yeah. Like that's totally, you, you, you don't have to get leverage every single round of the whole best ball playoffs. Like if I show up to, to the final round and Kyron is like 40%, I don't give a shit because guess what? He got me there. And I have 19 other roster spots or 17 other roster spots to find that leverage. And he's one of the reasons that I can find that other leverage because I have that last round running back that's absolutely smashing. And so I agree with you. Um, he specifically, if he goes nuts the next two weeks, he's not going to be you know some low-owned guy in, in the finals. But it's not just about that, right? It, I, I also want the uniqueness in the first two rounds. <laughs> Because I got I got to finish first out of sixteen in Best Ball Mania. I need the uniqueness there as well, right? If I'm the only Kyron team, like that, that that's the goal. That's what I want. So it's it's kind of that uh, hybrid that it's not just about the Week Seventeen leverage. Yes. All right. So let's look at this hundred dollar. It wasn't single entry. It was a three max hundred dollar tournament. One some of my favorite tournaments that DraftKings ran. It was a Jalen Hurts Desmond Ritter build with Jameer Gibbs, who I like having in some of these tournaments. DeAndre Swift, Rashad White, Brian Robinson, AJ Dillon, Kenneth Gainwell, RIP Zach Evans. <laughs> and then it's AJ Brown, DJ Moore, Drake London, Deontay Johnson, RIP Nico Collins, MVS, Marvin Mims, who could be KJ Osborne this year, Michael Wilson, and then our tight ends are Jake Ferguson, Jawan Johnson, and Trey McBride. So relatively healthy team overall. Don't think it's really 
overly weak at any position. I think there's there's enough at each position to get this team through, but also enough uniqueness. And, and this team just slammed. Gibbs on a DK team feels really great. DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift is whatever, but Rashad White's also been smashing. So that team in the $100 three max, I'm going to really – you asked about teams I'm paying attention to this weekend. That is definitely one of the teams I'll be paying attention to. Uh, B-Rob is a sneaky good one too. Not like anything crazy, but just having – dude. Just like, having them. Usable just, ha- Yeah, like y- you'll be surprised how – those guys are super impactful this week or next week too. You need some spike weeks like over the course of your whole roster, of course, cause you need to finish first, but like you also need to make sure that your flex isn't four points. You know what I mean? Like if your flex is 15, that's really, really powerful. That can set you over, over the top. Um, uh, Josh says uh, good stuff right there. I got really stuck on drafting the same three to four players in the last two rounds and none made an impact one week. That's like, that's also I don't want to dive into all that. We got lots of, to talk about how to handle your exposures and all that kind of stuff. That is still a little bit of personal preference because I just talked to, I just specifically said how I did that with Kyron. Mm-hmm. I just happened to hit. You can whiff too, right? Uh, and I mean, I have a below average advance rate. I have like a 13% advance rate. So even with that, I have so many whiffs, but the hits have given me some super teams that have allowed me to have a chance. Like even though I have, like a pretty poor portfolio from a player by player perspective. I have a chance because your big hits way outweigh your big misses, like massively outweigh your big misses. Um, And so it's up to you how you want to handle those late round picks. I agree that like, I don't want to get tunnel vision when there are some like, like Kyron became a priority. He wasn't always a priority. If I had tunnel vision, I think that's that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's his main point is he got stuck on these three to four players probably throughout most of draft season. And you almost feel like you're obligated to keep drafting these players. And <laughs> what's Dearness Johnson last year, right? Like how could Dearness Johnson fail? He had 15 outs out of 16 and the 16th one hit. So you got a ton of Dearness Johnson and the one outcome you didn't want out of like 17 possible ones hits. <laughs> but to the point that he's making, I think when you get that new information, opening your brain up to allow yourself to pivot, right? That's the key. Yes. When that, because I was, like I said in the big board stuff, I was back and forth on Kyron Williams and Zach Evans. I wasn't smashing Kyron Williams. I was doing a bunch of different stuff. There was probably guys I loved in that round at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I came on to Kyron Williams probably a little too late and then probably not heavy enough to be honest with the information that we had, we had it for Puka stay yep. on the same team. We had that yeah. information for Puka and really understanding the information we're getting. We talk about this all off season. We'll talk about it again, but understanding how to implement the information you're given. And if it's a guy that's sitting in preseason games, there's probably a goddamn good reason why. Yep. And that's probably all the camp talk you're going to get throughout you know, that six to eight weeks when they start sitting preseason games and we know they're making the roster, you should be drafting them most likely. I agree. Some great points from Devin. Good structure can make up for some misses. That's the thing. If you're able to find a big hit and you structure your team teams well, you can navigate misses. The problem is when you, you know, you draft four quarterbacks and four tight ends and you whiff on three running backs, Kyron can't make up for that. <laughs> you know, like Kyron can't do that much. 
uh, to make up for that. And I agree with this, leaning Jonathan. We talk about this all the time. Talk about it all summer about the uncertainty stuff. People want certainty and where the profits generally come from are actually from the uncertainty. Um, Robert Woods. People wanted Robert. to draft Robert Woods in the last round because they know the name. You mm -hmm. know, it, it was late round Tyler Boyd where like, you know, Tyler Boyd, you know, the name, you know, there's probably some sort of role, but realistically, what was he ever going to give you other than maybe a few usable weeks? Right. Yep. And tank was the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Like then there was like, <clears throat> feels easy now. It always does after the fact to say, well, we should have drafted tank, right? Rookie uncertainty, whatever. But like tank was like a fun prospect, but a flawed prospect. I mean, he, he's five, eight, 170 pounds. He's athletic, but not that athletic. Uh, third round pick, not that high of, of a draft pick. They do have other bodies. It wasn't a guarantee. He actually wasn't starting week one. It was Robert Woods, Nico Collins, and Noah Brown was uh, the three wide receiver set that started. So, like, it took a lot of people. I mean, I don't have as much tank as I – as I, again, you want to talk about sun running. <laughs> like, not having enough tank and then him getting hurt uh, is sun running a little bit. But he's a great example of of leaning into the uncertainty and just like we know what Robert Woods is. Robert Woods is Robert Woods. Tank Dell, we have no idea what he is, but he could right. be a superstar, and that's kind of what he um, turned out to be. Uh, before we start to, uh, you know, Rob has a, a ghost show. We've been talking about all the ghosts across my uh, the best ball lineups for months, really. Um, but I want to get into uh, one final like kind of kind of question if you will, uh, what is your, like, what's the conviction? We do this at the end of every DFS show, right? Like what is your thing that you feel the most confident in? Like you scroll to a team and you're like, I got that on there. Like, I like this team. You know, of course there's nuance to that. You want to make sure you got a full roster and everything, but when you're going to draft IQ and like we were just doing, and you're trying to spot teams you're excited about, like what are, what's the thing you're looking for? It's the very first thing I looked for today in my advancing BBM team since the DraftKings teams were ripped out of my hands on my phone and taken to some unknown vortex before they got reassigned their new spot <laughs> is it's so simple, but and I've harped on it already, but what teams are alive at quarterback right now? Like that is literally... And like I said, I think I have out of my 26 teams, I'm fielding at least one quarterback or more. And a lot of my teams are live with multiple quarterbacks. And I really think it's, we talk about Kyron being a big edge in the first round. I think that's a bigger edge than the quarterback thing. But I think the quarterback thing is going to be a relatively decent edge. I saw one guy, I can't remember who it was, who had a huge advance rate. And then he posted his top five quarterbacks, like out of or his top ten quarterbacks or something, and half of them were already dead. So great, you have you have a huge advance rate, and good for you for doing that. That's awesome. I'm not knocking it, but if you had 40 teams, right, and you're dead on half of them, my 24 teams are better than your than your 20 teams. True, right? So, I, I mean. I think that I am very comfortable going to war this weekend with that in mind, knowing that I think that I'm going to be pretty live and maybe that doesn't turn out. Maybe that doesn't turn out. Maybe I don't get the right pod luck or whatever, but I think, uh, 
I think that was where I started at least today. It was like, okay, who's live here? I even looked at tight ends too. Like, am I live at tight end? I know it's not quite as you can you can drag a zero point from a tight end to the to, to the next round. You're not dragging a zero point from quarterback to the next round. You're just not doing it. And I'll piggyback on the tight end thing because that was one that I was going to add <clears throat> because you can survive this week in particular with, like you said, uh, a, a low score at tight end. But if I think about trying to win the whole thing, um, I joked in the discord that other than um, searching like the Josh Jacobs uh, injury updates, the number one thing I've been Googling and Twitter searching uh, like a fiend is a uh, Cole Turner because uh, I like a moron drafted a lot of Cole Turner, uh, which felt really good actually for the first like month or so he was playing a lot and had one good game clearly has not i think he's caught like three passes ever since but i'm like i got a you know i got some weak tight end rooms you know i got mark andrews teams and stuff and i don't think cole turner can carry a mark andrews team but like just having someone like that emerge and just become right if if he can take over my, my whole th- my whole reason why i'm searching it is they just had the buy he's their young second year tight end logan thomas is old and dusty and john bates is useless and they suck the commanders it's like what better time to like let's just let the young kid play you know what i mean like what Mm -hmm. do you have to lose by letting cole turner play is my thought process as i'm coping with terrible best ball teams and but like that's the kind of thing i'm looking for but it's because of the tight end thing i'm like can i just find some way to get some juice at, at the tight end position, because like you said, I don't, I don't want to fight that uphill battle of being like, yeah, Michael Mayer is my only, <laughs> is my only tight end, right? As good as Hunter Henry has been the last couple of weeks. I don't want to rely upon Hunter Henry catching two touchdowns every single week, right. To, to have a chance. Cause it's probably not going to happen. And so um, the tight end position, I think is one that you can of course survive with, without, you know, of course it also, if we get tight end week, like we just had week 14, Jesus Christ, every tight end caught a touchdown. Some of them, Ingram and Njoku had two, and like it was crazy. If you get that, you can't survive. But a lot of the weeks, you'll be able to survive, right, with like five points at tight end if the high score is 14. I, but I would like to have difference makers. Um, and so I, I look at tight end a lot because uh, you can tell like really quickly what your quarterback room looks like. Like you said, like, uh, oh, God, it's you know, Tannehill and Justin Herbert. Okay, scroll to the next team because that, that team's dead. Um and then the only other thing I'll say is yeah, definitely the onesies is the biggest thing for me. And then impact or potential impact running backs. I think, of course, you want wide receiver health. But if you advanced most of the time, unless your guys just got hurt, like Tank, maybe Keenan or whatever, Nico, you probably have guys that are at least running routes at wide receiver. And like, yeah, well, well we can add, like we can pipe dream, right? I can pipe dream about JSN catching a touchdown as long as he's out there running routes. But running KJ, back, KJ Osborne last year, where like yeah. if you got him through, you got him through. Zay, you know who that could be this year? Darnell Mooney, right? Exactly. Like, like you might have pulled the Darnell Mooney team through. He's out there running routes. He's capable of doing what KJ Osborne did last year in a, in a week. And it's just wide receivers just so so wide open. Right. Taekwon caught a long touchdown. Right. Uh, we go back to Herzig's BBM one team. KJ Hamler catches two long mm. touchdowns. Like n- no one's predicting that. I don't want to count on that, but it can happen at wide receiver. It's just such a weird, funky yeah. position. And especially on underdog half point PPR, it's kind of chaos. 
but the onesies, like you said, like we said, and then I need an impact, at least one impact running back, right? Why am I excited about Bijan? Cause he's like an impact running back with yeah. a good schedule emerging Kyron impact running back. So those are kind of some of the things I am uh, looking for. <laughs> Shout out Olaf. We're praying for Cole Turner, <laughs> baby. We have, we have reached peak copium season where we're hoping that uh, uh, the, you know, some of these teams shut down their players and uh, guys who haven't played all season somehow um, get into the lineup. Uh, we do got to get out of here. Love you guys. Uh, we will, we will of course be doing the Monday night show and the Tuesday night show every week here, moving forward. we got some more fun stuff planned. Uh, I can go ahead and say it. If you enjoyed our legendary sickos show with myself and Pat Corain, we are going to be recording a new episode on Friday. So be on the lookout for another new episode of legendary sickos. If you uh, are playing playoff best ball, please go check out the playoff best ball almanac myself, Rob, our whole team is grinding. There's like 50 pieces of content out there. Now draft streams, round tables, team previews, rankings, just so much stuff for just 20 bucks. Make sure you check that out. I'm and, debating uh, on doing Saturday morning gauntlet streams for the next few weeks too. See, we got tons of playoff best ball stuff coming and we're going to, we're going to try to do a bunch of fun stuff for, uh, the actual best ball playoffs, um, whether it's getting together on a Sunday, you know, maybe Rob and I can throw something together so we can all sweat. We'll obviously have Monday, Monday type stuff. We're going to be doing all sorts of fun stuff so we can all sweat this out together, have a little fun and enjoy the best ball playoffs. Amen. Let's go. What a ride. Go check out hometown ghost stories and we will see you guys next time. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on. We draft a team. Boom. You know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom. You know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right. We'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.